We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. So good to have you with us. So good to have Ace Austin, the current X Division champ, with us. Take a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening. Tag me. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. Tag Ace. He is at the underscore Ace underscore Austin. And if you haven't yet, make sure to hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening right now. And thank you for those reviews that keep coming in. Dominic29 left this review on Apple Podcasts that says, Longtime fan of CVV. I've been a fan going back to your days on the news in Cleveland. Man, we're going way back with that one. Always entertaining, great, interesting interviews. Keep up the great work, man. Looking forward to all your interviews. Also took your advice. Chris is the man. Well, no, sir. You are the man, Dominic. I appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. And I miss Cleveland. Lived there for five years. Those were five great years. And I'm still a huge Browns fan. And I can't wait for their season this year. Oh, they looked so good last year. Can't wait for their season. So thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review. And I can't wait to share this conversation with you. So let's just dive right into this. Please welcome inevitable Ace Austin. There he is, Ace Austin, ladies and gentlemen. What a setup you have behind you here. It's like we're in a nightclub. An original Jeff Hardy right here, Jeff Hardy painting. Wow. Got this really sweet uh, thing I got from Five Below. It lights up. It's a skeleton. <laughs> from I lights love up Five purple. Below. Oh, yeah. That's why I bought it. It lights up purple. Above that, my graduation or my rookie of the year certificate from the Wild Samoans where, mm. I, where I trained. Yeah. Of course, my Impact Wrestling plaques. Match of the year, X Division Star of the Year, you know. I have a mantle over here with the X Division title and the Super X Cup, too. 
What? So when you're not the X division champion, what goes in that spot? Whatever other championship I have, I've been a champion in Mexico for, for DTU for since 2018. And you're still the champion there. I'm still the champion. I still oh have. <laughs> and yeah. you're, so you're, as we sit here right now, you're currently the X division champion on your second reign. Does yeah. this reign feel different or better, worse than the first one? It, it definitely does feel different. Um, it feels like I've been telling this, this full circle story about that match at sacrifice because it was really a total uh, coming around full circle uh, of my impact wrestling career. And I am seeing it as that next launching point into making up for what I consider my greatest failures. Back then. So like beginning of my career, I was undefeated for four months. Yeah. AP re-debuts and just like smokes me. We have a rematch a week later. It's very competitive, but he taps me out in the end. So like TJP totally just like upset me at the very beginning. And then we never came back around to that match. Four months later, Eight months into my impact career, Bound for Glory happens. I win the X Division Championship. My career takes off. I dye my hair purple. Uh, and then, uh, and, yeah, and, and everything went great from there. I had an incredible run as X Division Champion. As soon as that ended, I went into the world title picture. anniversary at main event, huge deal. Um, and, and that's what I consider my greatest career failure was, was that moment of anniversary. That was mine. Um, and... Um, and then when that didn't happen, it was like things just kind of rolled right into the tag title thing leading into Bound for Glory. And after Bound for Glory, it was kind of just like stalemate for a while. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Next. Um, and then all of a sudden it came back around full circle to the X Division title picture. TJP was the champion. So it was like the one person I couldn't beat at the beginning, the one thing that kicked off my career. And it all came full circle to sacrifice where last year I main evented at the X division champion against the world champion. So it was like this whole, this whole, this big thing sacrifice was. So becoming X division champion again, I feel like it's the launching point into, you know, making up for, for that lost time. I feel like we've zoomed out here and like seen an entire like overlook. Uh, we've, we've seen your entire impact wrestling career. And everything you just said there. I love this. Yeah, As we look at it, does this mean TJP is your arch nemesis in Impact Wrestling? He was, I guess he was. Yeah. He, <laughs> I think, well, I guess he is. Yeah. I can't say was. He currently is. He has to be. Yeah, I would think so. So, as being, you know, your next division champion, so many incredible wrestlers have held that championship. Aside from you, of course, who do you think is the best X division champion? Probably AJ. Probably <laughs> yeah. AJ, right? Uh, AJ, Joe uh, was was great, of course. Um, Amazing Red. He's the only Amazing Red's the only one that was that that beat me in the youngest category for X Division Champion. He was just a year older than me when he was at when he became X Division, or a year younger than me when he became X Division Champion. Um, so I'm the second X Division Champion behind Amazing Red. But you, when you were in that title picture for the world title, for the Impact Wrestling World Championship, if you won, you would have been 
the youngest champion of all time. Yeah, but that's not over yet. Do you have the date in mind? Do you know the date? I don't know the date, but I know it's August. I know okay. that is, is when uh, I will, you know, no, no longer technically be. But even after August, if I, if I get it while I'm 24, I'll still have an argument for youngest world champion. Well, you would be the youngest man to hold the absolutely. championship. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Because right now, you know, Tessa has the record. I, I don't know the exact, but it's like 24 and a half, basically. <laughs> yeah, about 24 and a half. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're saying you've got five-ish months to make history. Uh-huh. Is that something that's like on your goal list for 2021? I haven't taken my eyes off the world title since anniversary, since all that happened. And when I ended up back in the X Division picture, all, like I, I, I can't forget about option C. I know that that is a back pocket, like something that I have, you know, in the tank. I knew that becoming X Division champion meant that there was a surefire way to possibly you know, make that happen. Still, oh, this is so true. You could cash it in for a title shot. And oh after rebellion. Who knows what that might mean? Man, I want to talk about the hair. You mentioned the purple hair. For all the colors, you could dye your hair. Why was it purple? Well, purple is my favorite color. It's always been, it's always been my favorite color. Um, so that just seemed, you know, seemed like a way to go. And you know, red was way too on the nose. A lot of people do red. Red is a very, the most common color in pro wrestling. Um, blue. Still wasn't, wouldn't have really been as uh, cool. I think that purple was just more of a unique route. And it was just the way to go. And, and purple was the color of most of my gear and stuff at the time too. So so how does this work when you dye your hair purple? Do you go to the drugstore and buy some dye? Do you go to see a hairdresser and go, all right, we're, we're doing purple today? Well, when I was living with Sammy, Jess used to do it. Jess or Sammy used to dye my hair. Um, for me, but uh, now my now my girlfriend does it. So Sammy Callahan was dyeing your hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very yeah. aggressively, as you can imagine. I well, he doesn't do anything any other way. That's that's how he does things. You know, when you're growing up and your real name is Austin, do you feel like you're kind of on a path to one day become a pro wrestler? At what age do you realize my name's Austin? One of the greatest wrestlers of all time is also named Austin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, b besides that connection in itself, uh, I, I just knew that I wanted to be a wrestler, you know, from the time that I was like four. My family was wrestling fans uh, before me, and my mom had taken us to some live shows when we were like babies, uh, like real, real young. So I don't really have any memories of those, but my first memories kind of started coming in when I was about four. So that's kind of when I remember starting to play. Is that when you first realized, oh my gosh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, that's my name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was very, and there were a lot of kids, like in my school and like where I grew up, there were a lot of Austins too. So like, <laughs> common name thing, yeah. Did you? Does your mom like? Do you know why you're why you were called Austin? I don't. Actually, funny enough, my name was almost Jericho, 
Your first name was going to be Jericho? Yeah, my mom almost almost named me Jericho. What? That would have been that would have been insane it too. I, I right. If your mom's going to name you Jericho and then ends up naming you Austin, like you were going to be named after a wrestler it sounds like. Sounds like it sounds like that's what I don't think that's what she had in mind, but that's what it it was destiny. Like the star that's the story of my career. Stars just align. Yeah. So you're growing, you know, you're born in 1997, right? So you start watching wrestling. I guess it's technically the ruthless aggression era where you really start to become a big time fan. So who were the guys? 2001 ish, something like that. Okay. So the end of the attitude era then. Yeah. So who are the people you're really looking up to at that time? Oh, so, well, so like that first memory that I was talking about involved Shawn Michaels. So that was of course, like one of the first things that stood out to me and really spoke to me. Um, I loved Sean. Uh, I, when I started watching, like, you know, we had, we always had like Comcast on demand, stuff like that. So I was always looking up like old, anything old WWE that I would find on Comcast. Uh, and of course like DVDs and stuff gay for Christmas. Um, I love ultimate warrior. Uh, just like a huge dish, that energy. I just like, he was so connected to that. I love warrior. Um, and then Rob Van Dam was another one, like just with ease could just do the way that specifically the way that he jumped to the top rope was something that I always in my head was like, it's just like, no matter where he is in the match, no matter how exhausted or blown up, he's gotta be, he can just in one fell swoop, hop to the top rope, just like that. So that was another one. Uh, and of course, Jeff Hardy. I mean, Jeff Hardy was probably the, the, the big one where it was like, Somebody that I could, I was always much like, I was always very short. I didn't hit a growth spurt until high school. So like I always considered myself something of a misfit. I dressed in the most eccentric way I possibly could. When I was younger, I used to get these like arm sleeves from Hot Topic and I'd wear these vests over my t-shirts for no reason. I always, I dressed ridiculously. It was really just like, just an outspoken character that I wanted to be. Um, So like, Jeff Hardy was a, a huge connection for me of, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure if I would ever be able to be one of those, those cookie cutter wrestling guys. So like Jeff Hardy was like, maybe I don't have to be. And now I've, I feel like I've been able to blend the two. I have a very alternative look, but I have the body of a professional wrestler, you know? So I really, yeah, that was you know, you mentioned AJ before, and there's been a lot of comparisons between you and AJ, certainly in the X division. When did you first become aware of AJ Styles? Um, definitely aware of like his, you know, his presence, of course, when I was a little younger. But um, when I started watching wrestling, I didn't really know the difference between like the companies, the brands. So like whenever I saw wrestling content i kind of just consumed it as as wrestling content i didn't really sure. make a distinction uh so growing up there wasn't like a lot of kids that were wrestling fans so um i pretty much was only exposed to wwe stuff for most of my life um and then i saw an occasional tna thing here and there when me and my brother kind of came across it but we never knew we never like kept up with like, the weekly episodes uh, of tna so it wasn't until I got much older that, uh, and of course, you know, social media and, and video circulating on the internet that like I was able to really kind of dive into that a little bit. 
and then it all pretty much changed when I turned 17 and I started training. And that's when I started surrounding myself with great, you know, wrestling minds on the Indies. And these people would tell me about the, the Indies that I had no idea about my whole life. I didn't know the concept of the Indies. So like learning about that and then diving into the history of like TNA and all this stuff, it was just like insane. So, so, so that was definitely when I started training, Here's what I'll say to okay. sum that up. When I started training, I started training with like WWE in mind. That's all I really knew. Mm-hmm. Well, I went to the Wild Samoans for training because it was like, go here, opportunity with WWE, boom, boom, boom. That's how it's going to work, right? The more time I spent outside of the Samoans and in this independent scene, the more that my goals changed. The more that I realized that there was so much more out there besides the WWE. And then when these comparisons to AJ started happening and I started really looking at AJ's career. That's became something that I wanted to almost emulate. He achieved so much before he settled into that WWE spot. Yeah. Like, so, so my goals completely changed. I wanted to kind of like discover who I was and what wrestling meant to me before I get to that, you know, what's considered the, the end, you know, you know, being compared to AJ Styles is like being a quarterback and people going, you know, you kind of play like Tom Brady. You kind of play like Joe Montana. You kind of play like Peyton Manning. Like, it's a massive comparison. Yeah. yeah. Um, g- going into the Slammiversary, they, uh, uh, Eric, the, uh, Eric Tompkins, the uh, head uh, production guy, he showed me this. Um, that's he showed me this. Well, that's what we were hearing. You're hearing your cat. Yeah, she, she, she's running around like crazy right now. Um, we, he showed me this clip that he merged of AJ doing this this dive, very similar to the Fosbury flop that I do. Dive, and it was like AJ leaps and starts twisting, and it just morphs into uh, the the footage of me twisting over the rope and hitting this crazy dive. And like when he showed it to me, it was just like, oh man, it's wow. Cool. So cool. <laughs> I, I want to talk about this Jeff Hardy art behind you. How did you? How did you get this? Oh, there's a uh, just impact has a, has like a bunch of them, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not like you commissioned Jeff Hardy to paint this for you. No, 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 no. It was a. Uh, it was just. It's. I don't know. I'm not really sure when it was painted. But. Okay. I thought you were like, oh, you know, Jeff Hardy came to a show, and I was like, Jeff, could yeah. you make this art for me? I made the right friends. Uh, yeah. Then, well, apparently, yeah. I got to see. I, I did get. To, I got to see Jeff Hardy live right before I started training. So I started training in May of 2014, um, May 27th, and then uh, so so back in January of 2014, my mom worked at a radio station growing up. So she always got these like extra, you know, ticket giveaway tickets that either didn't get claimed or like maybe the contests got pushed or whatever. So like these, these, she would always end up with these tickets to like live WWE shows or occasionally uh, these TNA shows when they were in the area. And uh, we got to go to one one time at the Sovereign Performing Arts Center in Reading in January 2014. I wore all of the Jeff Hardy gear that I owned. I just, anything I could find. And then when we got there, I, we hit the merch table and I got more stuff to just put on. Um, and uh, <laughs> And then... When uh, Jeff Hardy came out, I stood on top of my chair in the auditorium 
and was like losing it. And he like pointed at me because I was like above the sea of people. So that was really cool. My mom caught it like on, on our phone. So that was like a really cool thing. And then we got to go in the ring afterward and take a picture with him. And uh, I was wearing purple skinny jeans and he said he liked my pants. And I was like, that, that might've been why purple, that might've been why purple became my favorite color, honestly. Maybe that's where, maybe that's the connection I just made. Maybe that's so funny. I always yeah. look at impact wrestling shows, how you had the opportunity afterwards to go in the ring and take a photo with the wrestlers. Like that is, that is the most obscene idea to, you know, think you could do that at a WWE show, but at a yeah. TNA show, impact <laughs> show, like I have a photo of me and AJ Styles in the ring. I'm like, that, that's mind blowing. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. For, for 20 bucks, you know? Yeah, no, it's a, yeah. I, I love that there's like that. I don't know. You feel like you're part of the show when you do something like that. Oh yeah. And I had never felt a ring at that point. So like in my head, I was like, Oh, I'm going to walk up these steps and I'm going to jump in this ring. Like a, like I'm already a wrestler and they're going to, you know, somebody's going to mentor me. Like just in my head, karate kid scenario of like, Oh, somebody's going to see me and just be like, oh, you must be trained. Um, but, uh, but as soon as I stepped on the canvas, I was, it was like nothing I'd ever felt before. I was like, I almost lost my balance. So it was totally a fail. I was like, this isn't good. But this is pretty crazy that your first ring that you ever stepped foot in was an impact wrestling ring. Actually, I, I never thought about it like that, but yeah, you're right. Talk about it coming full circle again. Yeah. Um, I mean, wow. Yeah. Wow. It, yep. That was, so that was January, 2014, May, I started training. And then September, so this is all the same year, September 2014, Samoans were doing ring crew for a TNA taping in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania at the Sands Casino. Um, so I went as a student now for a few months um, to do this ring crew. Uh, I'm helping set up. It was the first time I'd seen like the backstage interview set. Uh, Jeremy Borash was like, you know, cutting intro promos for like the tapings that they were doing. And it was just like, crazy to see all this i saw like you know the mesh card and like all just the crew's crazy uh and then i was helping take tables out to put under the ring for for gimmick matches later um and i saw jeff and matt show up and like sit down in the back and i was like i gotta i gotta talk to him so i went over and i you know said hello um and then i just asked him some advice on like what to wear in my ears when i wrestle because like I had these plugs just like him at the time, uh, not as big as his. But I was like, you know, what are you wearing in your ears? What should I, what should I look into doing? And then we just had a conversation about tattoos and whatnot. Man, that is so cool. Yeah, all in the same year. So that was such a just fast track, right? Just, you know. And then if we fast forward from there, how long after that did you make your debut? Just wrestling uh, debut. So, yep, so that was September 2014. Then uh, April 2015 was when I debuted, April uh, 4th, 2015. I so almost a full year of training with the Wild Samoans. Yeah, I, and, I, and that was almost, that was pretty much mandatory because um, in Pennsylvania, the commission rules were that I, I couldn't, wasn't allowed to perform on a show uh, until I was 18. Mm. Like a Pennsylvania law, you know, with the athletic commission. So, um, so I, I, I didn't have a choice. I was like, I, they told me that I was ready for matches in like four months of training. Cause I went so hard at it. Um, so I was just doing training matches for the next, uh, you know, however many months. 
consistently every week until April 2015 when I could finally, you know, do something. And then it wasn't long after that before I was like doing a lot of stuff. I mean, my first by my by my tenth match, uh, eight months into my it's strange that it was eight months into my Impact Wrestling career I became X Division champion. Eight months into my pro wrestling career is when I ended up at CZW for the Dojo Wars program. And that's what really opened up the door to like indie wrestling for me. So would you say that the, like the dream match for you would be Jeff Hardy? Yeah, probably. Definitely Jeff Hardy. One of them was Rob Van Dam for sure. I'm, uh, I'm of course disappointed that that never happened with impact. Uh, but there's always a chance. Did you have a point? I mean, Rob Van Dam spent a bunch of time in impact. Did you have a point where you were able to like go, Hey, RVD, like, you meant so much to me growing up. Actually, when we did one of the tapings, when we did one of like the uh, like ECW kind of reunion hardcore one one of those like sorts of theme tapings uh, yeah. in the in the twenty three hundred arena in Philly, um, we went out afterwards for like cheesesteaks and like RVD bought like me and like three other people that were just like in this hanging out. Uh, these like cheese sticks afterwards, so that was like really cool. Yeah, we got to talk a little bit about you know, that kind of stuff. Are you still working at Hot Topic? Yeah, ten years. Uh, the end of March, the end of this month, will be uh, ten years. And, and it's like I, the whole theme of this interview is like coming full circle. It's so interesting that now Hot Topic is this place where you can buy wrestling attire. I, and. It, and I had always said from the time that I got a job at Hot Topic and I was 14 years old, um, my bosses were always very supportive of the wrestling dream, the idea. Hot Topic's always been very supportive of like independent artists and people looking to explore, you know, those kinds of avenues. Um, so my one boss, uh, his name was Steven. He used to be a backyard wrestler when he was in high school and he was friends with, um, he backyard wrestled with G Raver, who then became an indie wrestler. Um, and, and my boss never did. Um, so like he had that kind of like, you know, in the back of his mind. And then when he met me, when he became the manager, um, we had this really great relationship. We talked about wrestling all the time. And, and like I said, he was always, he was the reason that I've stayed with the company for so long, honestly, because he made sure that unconditionally I would have the time off that I needed. Mm. He made me choose between wrestling or work. And that's why I've stayed with the company for so long. The, the day that they tell me that I can't go to a booking because I need to work a shift, is like I leave, you know. Um, they've never done that to me, so it, it's it's always been like we work with each other. Uh, I make sure they know my commitments, and if something comes up, they are more than welcome to help me schedule around it. Um, and uh, and I get a great discount, and it's just a great team to be part of. Yeah, that, and that's uh, like I, sh- I like to shop there. I like to get stuff from there. So like it's just a, it's a great gig to have. But um, that full circle thing uh, being. When I was that young, I used to talk to my boss, Steven. I used to say that, like, uh, I one day my face is going to be up on that wall because, like, I would see some of my favorite wrestlers on those T-shirts up on the wall. And I was like, I started here. My face is going to be up there one day. And it's crazy to think that that could potentially happen while I'm still employed with the company. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. So. Yeah. Obviously, an indie wrestling schedule can sometimes kind of be all over the place. What happens if you're scheduled for a shift at Hot Topic and then you get a booking at the last minute? Just, I just text, I just text my manager and I let them know that I have to be somewhere on that day, and they'll 
call another associate to cover the shift. Whoever wants some extra hours. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, my first job was in retail. I worked at a mall and I knew that like when I signed on for that job, I had to work at least one weekend day every single week. That is obviously not possible when you're an indie wrestler. Yeah, no, not at all. But but that's definitely a hiring requirement now. Look, when they hire new people, they tell them like you you have to work at least like one of these days on the weekends. But I get to be an exception to that. This <laughs> is great. Yeah. It's a, how, you know. how many Bullet Club shirts do you sell every day? Quite a, uh, uh, well. Depending on how many we have in stock, like the stock is always changing uh, which shirts are popular, but they usually sell out pretty quick and then we won't see another batch for a while until, you know, the next, whatever thing is happening in wrestling to push that, you know? Um, like, isn't that one of Hot Topic's most popular shirts, bar none? Uh, possibly. Uh, I, I don't really do a lot of like, so like since I've moved to Ohio and my schedule's been even crazier, um, they hired me on to do a lot of like kind of extra curricular sort of work. So I don't really have to deal with like a lot of sales as much anymore. I do a lot of like shipment stocking, like backroom sort of, you know, just coverage kind of things. Um, so, uh, but, but anytime people come in with wrestling shirts on or looking for wrestling stuff, uh, more often than not, they, they recognize me these days. This is great. So it's between really working at Hot Topic, between wrestling for Impact Wrestling, between you know getting jacked in the gym and eating around that, I don't feel like you probably have very much free time. I, like that's something that I've spent ever since, like even before I started wrestling. I, I've always been really I've spread myself real thin uh, because I like I don't like I don't want to waste time. I, I just like to I'm in it for the experiences like of life as, 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 you know, strangely as that might sound, I'm yeah. just like, Oh, I just want to see what, what, what stuff's all about. Like before I could become, I knew, I've always knew that I wanted to be a wrestler, but before I could become a wrestler, I spent as much of my time as possible exploring artistic avenues. Like, uh, I, I spent a little bit of time doing organized sports, but I just wasn't really like my forte. Um, so then I switched into like a lot of music stuff. So I got really deep into like, uh, not just um, instruments and like singing, but also like music theory. I took any kind of music theory classes, music history classes, like any kind of music related classes I could find. Uh, they had an intro to guitar class. So I learned how to play the guitar a little bit. Um, and then I started doing musicals and, uh, and like just drama club acting, um, skateboarding, parkour, video production, graphic production. I, I printed screen printed t-shirts in my high school for the last uh for like for like three years um so i just anything i could just get my hands on to like just give me some kind of i don't know it's just just like experience that might help me in the future with wrestling potentially um and then as soon as I we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Turned 17 and I was able to start. That's when I started and I, and I dedicated all of my time to that. So I've always found a lot of activities to fill my time. And wrestling is like the ultimate version of that. Like, just this, just this past week that I've had even is like, I, I flew to an indie show. I had to fly from my indie show straight to Nashville for tapings. I had to, you know, get tested, make sure everything was cool and then go through tapings. And then I had to come home real late last night. Then today I got to jump in the car with Fulton. We're going to go do an indie show. We come home. We have another indie show tomorrow in Michigan. And then we come home and then I got to jump on a plane Sunday to North Carolina for an indie and then come home. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. Now, this isn't a crisis line. This isn't self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with traditional therapy ever again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash insight. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash insight and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So the special offer for anybody listening to Insight right now is 10% off your first month. Just go to betterhelp.com slash insight. That's betterhelp.com slash insight. I feel like your look is heavily inspired by music and musicians. So who are some of the bands that you really got into? Uh, well, Guns N' Roses is my favorite, bar none. I, I grew up uh, with a very deep appreciation for Guns N' Roses. Uh, it was definitely a lot. Uh, my family had a common theme with it. Um, and that's just that kind of like, I just never guess it with Guns N' Roses when it comes on. I never skip a song when it comes on. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was like, I got a lot of really that, like different experiences in music from different parts of my family. Like my brother, Mark was very, you know, classic rock and like a lot of traditional kinds of music taught me a lot about that. My sister was like, of course, a lot more punky and grungy and like showed me a lot of that side. My mom, country music. So like, it was just so many different ends 
the spectrum. When I was young, um, I actually went with my mom every Tuesday to this uh, this like club where they did line dancing. So every Tuesday, I'd throw on some cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and a white tank top and some blue jeans, and we go line dancing at this uh, at this club called S Kickers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, I don't know if I can picture you line dancing. It was quite something. Uh, I'll tell you. <laughs> All the girls, all the girls thought I was the cutest thing they'd ever seen because I was this little boy with my red cowboy boots uh, running around the uh, the dance floor. So, yeah. And then as I grew up, like my friends, you know, would open me up to more modern stuff and then working at Hot Topic, of course, just like floodgates opened so many different things. Like, I feel like if you sat next to a stranger on an airplane and they didn't know what you did for a living and they saw the purple hair and they saw, you know, the, you know, the plugs, they, they might think you're like the lead singer of a punk band. Yeah, definitely possible. But then if they're listening, you know, if they hear what's coming through my earbuds, they're going to hear it go from show tunes to heavy metal to maybe a rap song or two. It'll <laughs> <laughs> I love show tunes. I, lo- I work out the show tunes. Like that stuff gets me amped. <laughs> like what hamilton is so like inspirational that it just makes me feel like i have to do things well that actually makes a lot of sense yeah uh rent uh, i admit rent is actually one of the things that helped keep me awake on the roads uh, by myself a lot like listening to rent and singing rent um uh what else i have uh sweeney todd i've sweeney todd on my uh on my phone too I have to skip some of those songs though, because they're really quiet and it's it's like they're really long. So like that's not good for working out. But um, <laughs> but but yeah, there are lots of lots of great ones. What's the go-to rent song for you? Um, Tango Maureen. Man, we're going. This is a deep cut. <laughs> this is deep. You know, you mentioned the T-shirts at Hot Topic, and I was actually there in Vegas when you debuted the Austin Three Sixteen shirt, and I went. Oh, so yeah. what was the idea behind making your own an Ace Austin three sixteen shirt? Um, I think it was like you know it was, it was one of those buzz things. I was in the middle of like a really you know hot run, um, and we had a lot of uh, great stuff going on, and we had a lot of great stuff planned for the future. So uh, the Austin three sixteen shirt kind of just was like an idea that somebody threw out. They said, that's great. Sammy drew up this design that was like so perfect for it that it was like, we, we have to do this. So they wanted to do, uh, yeah, it was, it was a shock factor thing. Cause, cause like, you know, how, how do, how do all these, uh, these, these hot, you know, wrestlers recently, how did the t-shirt boom happen? You know, you, you, you provide a shocking event for the world to be like, like, whoa, that really just happened pro wrestling. And then, like, you brand that on a shirt. <laughs> and that's how you... And rem- now they're doing it, like, four minutes after it happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they have it ready before it even happens. They know, uh, which is genius. But uh, yeah. what happened with that? It was like we did the shock factor of the whole Bang Your Wife stuff. Um, and then it was like, let's put this T-shirt out to just be like, no way. This, this is outrageous. I have to have this shirt. So that's what happened, yeah. Austin 316 says, I just banged your wife. Yeah, well, Austin 369. That we it changed to 369 after the initial, the initial run, because it just. So, how long were you wearing the 316 shirt? Um, 
I think that's the one I, I wore that for like the first, all the first Vegas run. Yeah. Because mine said 316, but the girls in the crowd said 369. And then it was like, I was the one that was kind of like, um, there's going to be some confusion there. If people like are looking for to buy the shirt, like, so let, well, we should just run with the 369 thing. It makes more sense anyway. It's, fun, it's funnier anyway for the, for the, for the bit. I think we should run with that. So that, that's kind of, it just shifted to that then. So yeah, and probably, you know, 369, probably not trademarked. 316, I'm guessing might be. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But like this storyline that you had at that time, you were like, kind of like this ladies' man. I just banged your wife. It's actually like the furthest thing from who you are in real life, I feel like. <laughs> I guess you could say that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, especially, you know, in the last... What, what are we in now, 2021? So uh, in the last like three years or so, especially, especially in the last three years, like since, you know, since I met my girlfriend now that I've been with for a long time, uh, she, she's kind of what, what changed all that. But before that, uh, before that, the gimmick might've been perfect, <laughs> you know, mm. but, uh, but not, 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 not so much after. What uh, did your girlfriend think of the gimmick when you had it? Well, thankfully, uh, not only did my girlfriend uh, not only was she trying to get into the wrestling business herself, um, even before we met, that wasn't like an, a, a decision influenced by me or anything. Uh, she had those wheels turning before we had met each other. Um, but she was also going to school for um, a performing arts degree at the University of Alabama. So like, she was in the acting realm, the theater realm, all of that. So she understood, you know, what happens on cameras in real life right oh. times. so um so that was uh it wasn't you know a no problem scenario but it was certainly uh a, certainly an understanding we're able to move through this sort of scenario um yeah a, a lot of like after the first couple of things a lot of it was like you just you don't need to tell me i just i don't need to know i trust you <laughs> <laughs> Do your job. <laughs> okay. You know, now that the forbidden door has been open, now that AEW and Impact Wrestling are working together, who are some of the matches that you're hoping you can somehow get? Uh, well, uh, I know that the, the Twitterverse definitely wants to see uh, me and Sammy Guevara. Yep. Uh, and that's a one-on-one that's never happened. We, we've had one match. Uh, in a, we, we had a triple threat match once in Rhode Island. For XWA, uh, it was me, him, and Anthony Henry. Uh, so that was really great. Um, and then, what else? I know a lot of people want to see me in Darby too. Well, I think that that makes sense. You're a skateboarder. Darby's a skateboarder. Yeah. I, um, you could have some skateboard match. Oh, we should. Yeah, me and Darby actually had a singles at the same place, XWA in Rhode Island, once. Uh, that was pretty awesome. That was a long time ago. Uh, Pac, for sure. I think he's like an elite level athlete, and I consider myself an elite level athlete as well. And I think that'll be like an ultimate test of uh, strength and speed. Um, I mean, those are three pretty good ones right there. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's there are, there are a lot of options. I, Never got to work with Ray Phoenix ever, even with Impact. Mm. So in Phoenix, definitely. May I throw one out there? 
Of course. Of course. How about Ace Austin and Kenny Omega? Oh, <laughs> I think that that match is inevitable. Ooh, I l- inevitable. When did when did inevitable start to become your thing? Oh, I can tell you exactly when it was born. It was born out of my greatest failure. It was born out of the loss at Slammiversary. Heading into Slammiversary, I was so confident. I felt like there was no way that that that, that the match couldn't go my way. Um, because that's how I'd been my whole career. I've, I'd been so steadfast, so headstrong that. I just made everything happen for myself because like I refused to see it happen any other way. And I, I just like made my, my destiny a reality by speaking it into existence and accepting nothing less. So leading into anniversary, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. So when it didn't happen, it was pretty devastating. Um, and when I took some time after that to kind of self-reflect, uh, that's when I, it was either like, do I need to change something or, you know, or, or, or did I do anything wrong at all? So that's how I kind of had to answer that question for myself. And I decided that I didn't, I decided that everything that I am, everything that I was, was not what it was not a failure, regardless of the loss. I felt like it might not have happened at anniversary, but I know that it's going to happen. You know, the definition of absolutely going to happen is inevitable. Mm. There's no way that it can't happen. And that's how I feel about myself. You know, even if I might be inaccurate about the time, it's eventually it's going to happen if I want to. It is inevitable. It is inevitable. Mm. I so like I. And of course, I'm a huge superhero, Mark. So <laughs> Thanos, you know. Are you so you're more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy? No, no, I'm definitely more DC. But as far as like the cinematic universe goes, of course, Marvel dominates in, in that realm. Did you spend last night watching the Snyder Cut? I, I wasn't able to. I was on the road, and I wanted to watch it today, but I didn't have I didn't have time, and I won't have time until Monday. I mean, it's a big chunk of time that you need to watch this thing. Yep. And I, and I, yeah. So I, and I didn't want to just like start it today and then try to finish it on Monday. So I'm just, gonna- I'm so excited. I've interviewed Zack Snyder numerous times. I'm so excited to watch yeah. this film because he's a genius when it comes to these films. Yeah. I, uh, I have seen so many like, you know, social media reviews of it and just like, it's, it sounds like all great things. I even watched a YouTube thing with Sammy last night about uh, the top 10 uh, improvements or whatever. So without spoilers, of course. So. <laughs> you, you may have like pound for pound the largest quads in all of wrestling. In fact, you know, maybe you, when, when you're done with the inevitable run, maybe you could just call yourself Quadzilla. Yeah, or uh, uh, what's what's the hashtag that I have been using lately? I think it's uh, Quad God. Quad God. Yeah. Did you always have giant legs? I think I think so. It, it wasn't really like, um, super because like I was always much smaller, but and I guess my I guess my base has always just been a lot wider. Um, but it wasn't really it didn't rise to prominence until you know wrestling really because like. Before that, 
I had no reason to be showing off my legs really. At well, all. Yeah, they're they're hitting they're hidden in jeans, or as you know, yeah. some people like to call them leg prisons. Leg prisons, indeed. Um, so then, when I started wrestling, originally I wore you know biker shorts. It was my first pair of gear. And then when I started working with CZW, uh, it was you know DJ Hyde that was like, uh, "Why don't you wear trunks?" And I was like, "Oh, trunks are weird, you know. I don't want to wear trunks." Um, and he was like, you have like these insane legs and you're trying to like hide them essentially. So I tried a pair of trunks on and it was like, you look like a pro wrestler. And I was like, well, that's what I want to be, I guess. So then I, so then I went with it and now I'm totally comfortable with it. Now it's like, so you're telling me you don't have like some ridiculous leg day routine. Well, I, mean, I definitely have in the past right now. I just have a really well-balanced routine. I've, I've definitely, I've spent the last two years really trying to dial in, a lot of aspects of, you know, training. I've always trained really hard in the gym, but I've always felt like I was missing knowledge and that always really like gave me some anxiety. I've always had some kind of gym anxiety. I think what's pushed me to work so hard is that like, I wasn't sure if I was doing everything I needed to do. So I wanted to make sure that I was always working as hard as I possibly could be. Um, so then especially in the last year, I focused a lot more on the diet aspect because it just changes everything about your results. Um, but growing up, like I said, I spent a lot of time spreading myself thin. So like I was really always on my feet doing something musicals. We were always dancing. We we're always rehearsing. We we're always doing stuff. And then anytime I spent outside of that was practicing parkour or skateboarding, which is all, you know what I mean? It's all leg based. Yeah. You're always running. You're always pushing with your legs. So like, I think that had a lot to do with it. And then when I started working out uh, really seriously, me and my friend, Ben, uh, back home, we followed The Rock's Hercules workout when he did the Hercules movie. Yeah. Workout on his Instagram. And I screenshotted all of them and I was like, we're going to do this, dude. We're going to do this. And it's an excessive workout. It's just like, it's insane. Like the leg day especially is obscene. It's like four sets of, 50 leg presses super with 45 walking lunges like that is just an insane amount of volume and we were doing that like twice a week so it was just uh, too much and then when i when i started playing with the samoans they're very old school so it was like 300 squats to start training no less sometimes more you know <laughs> so so i think all of that kind of culminated to to where we are now you know, and it's crazy that you mentioned The Rock because I, I remember seeing the Hercules workouts and being like, that is ridiculous. And as great of shape that we thought The Rock was in for Hercules, he's in insane shape for Black Adam. I've been I've been keeping up. I've been watching a lot of those uh, videos and stuff he's been posting coming Black Adam, and I'm just like, I can't wait till I have that, you know, even a fraction of the kind of money he has to be able to like that kind of you know, training regimen and training team and like the Iron Paradise, of course. It's he great. travels with it. He travels with his gym. That. that is a goal for me, 100%, is to have a traveling gym because I'm just like, whatever I need, I know it'll be there. <laughs> Let's dive into your diet a little bit. So what does it look like right now? Uh, okay, so I have been following the same sort of like diet plan for the last... Since 2018, probably. So how many calories are we talking? And do you count your macros? 
not super strictly. So originally the first diet plan I got was the first wrestle house that I moved into when I moved into Ohio was 13 people. And uh, the head of the house, uh, he had got this diet plan from like a bodybuilder friend of his. And he was like, if anybody wants it, let me know and we'll collaborate on it. So I, of course, jump on the opportunity to get that information. Uh, and then I, st- I didn't know really how to cook at all. Not much of a cook myself. So I just got this like, um, what's it called? This like, like crock pot, you know, thing. Yeah, like a slow cooker. Yeah, like a slow cooker. And I would just like throw chicken breasts in there and just put them in there because I didn't know how to do it any other way. <laughs> I would just season it, throw them in there, cook it, whatever. And then I would do like, you know, some lean beef. Uh, eventually I switched to lean turkey meats because I just prefer that over beef. Um, I prefer the, the leaner cuts of meat no matter what. Um, but uh, yeah, so, now, so that was like, let's see, it was a breakfast, two meals, uh, the, the, the beef or turkey meal, and then, uh, a snack sort of meal, like pre bedtime with like a casein protein shake and small ones and stuff like that. Um, it was probably around 3,300, 3,500 calories, something like that. That's a, that's a decent amount. Yeah. Maybe a little more. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's actually surprising that you can have 3,500 calories and still have abs. Well, so, so I, yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was just the workload that I was putting in at the time, especially uh, with like training twice a week, still weight training every day, and then doing shows. So, con- like, my show schedule was always so insane. I like trying to stay on top of all, it was really nuts. So, it, lately, so, so since then, it's morphed into, um, I've gotten a lot of knowledge from watching some of these, like these guys on YouTube that I've been following lately. Uh, this guy, uh, Greg Doucette is a, is a one that I've been watching a lot lately. And he's like, guy's a beast. Yeah. A lot of people uh, don't want to give him credit because like, he's kind of like when you first listen to his voice and off by it, but you, you have to get past that. Cause he drops a lot of really great knowledge. Hey, he's a bit of a heel. Yeah, he really, he is guy. <laughs> um, and I actually bought his cookbook cause I was really interested uh, in, this the idea that he was presenting of like low calorie dense foods like i always had this idea in my mind that he is kind of pushing against of like eat big to get big so i'm, I'm i was just consuming so many calories because i wanted to be 190 yeah, yeah. like 190 pounds was my goal for so long i finally got 190 pounds and then when i started like learning more about how calories work with the body um it's really not as complicated as some people try to make it out to be like the macros don't matter so much as your calories in calories out. How many calories are you expending? How many calories are you consuming? That's going to equal weight loss or weight gain. Mm-hmm. So all I did leading into like sacrifice was cut out one of those meals that I eat every day. So I, I still kind of have the same baseline. I do like a breakfast that includes like two scoops of isolate just so I can get an instant, you know, some instant protein in the morning. Um, and then whatever else that breakfast might be. And then it's like some form of chicken meal, some form of lean turkey meal. And then, uh, you know, uh, I have a shake after my workout and then a shake before bed with casein protein. Cause it's like longer. How, I mean, I don't want to dive too deep into this, but how are you getting so many calories from just protein? I mean, you must have a ton of carbs in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
the shakes that I drink throughout the day are pretty much to just like guarantee that I'm going to hit that goal of like one gram of protein per pound of body weight. That's right. like, I don't really need any more than that. So like the shakes that I drink throughout the day almost guarantee that so that I can kind of play with my meals throughout the day and consume more carbs than I normally would for a certain, if I'm, if me and my girlfriend are trying to have a certain kind of meal, whatever, just whatever I want to play with. Uh, yeah. Listening to the Greg Doucette guy has really like taken me out of that mindset I used to be in. Of, it has to strictly be this. It has to be the chicken broccoli rice. It has to be the chicken broccoli rice. It doesn't have to be. You, 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 if, you fig, if you figure out what the lowest calorie uh, but most dense food is, it's like you'll fill yourself up, you'll consume less calories, and then, you know, you'll lose weight. So, like I said, so yeah, leading in a sacrifice, I really just like had a strict, you know, just weightlifting period of time. I would follow that up with DDPY just about every day. And the DDPY it was the perfect amount of extra calories uh, burned that I needed so that when I took that one meal out every day, it just like, I just like, dropped like six pounds of body fat, like right away. It was, Man. so. Yes, I felt really good going into sacrifice. I worked so hard to be 190 for so long, but I was carrying around some extra body fat that I didn't need. Yeah. So like back down to like 186 or whatever. Now. Yeah. You know, you, you've mentioned sacrifice a bunch, but I want to talk about hard to kill briefly here because Matt Cardona debuting against you, I think made both of you guys look really good. Yeah. Um, I was one of those kind of cool career moments that uh, when you're in the ring, you kind of have to turn off, you know, as a professional and as somebody who wants to be at the top, uh, I'm not going to give anybody else my spotlight, no matter how much I'm going to respect for them. Um, so growing up, Matt Cardona was of course, one of those guys that like I had always seen me and my brother, like really liked his, his stuff when we were younger. So uh, that moment at hard to kill was, pretty cool um but uh, uh but yeah but but like i said that you just have to as a professional who who wants to be at the top you just have to be able to perform you have to just on i uh, i there's no reason i shouldn't be the same level of star that matt cardona is that's the attitude yeah as we wrap things up here is the x division championship reachable is it something you can grab and show us it's a, it's a, it's actually, yeah, it's in my, my bag, ready to, ready to go. Oh, it's ready to go. Oh, he's packed. That's right. He's packed up yeah. and ready to go. Do you bring it to all the indie shows? I can grab it. Uh, usually, yeah. Yes. Let's grab it. Let's grab right, this. I can Let's grab it. I can grab let's it. Let's see the X Division Championship. And wow. And as Ace Austin moves, we see there's a cat tree behind him. <laughs> I'm, exp I'm fully expecting a cat to jump out and jump onto that right below the Jeff Hardy artwork that we see here. I need to get some art. A lot of Funkos there. Which Funkos do we have in the corner? There's one, two, three, four. I think it might be six Funkos. Oh, so those are just uh, those are just my Funkos that I don't have the boxes for that were like gifts. I have a whole wall of Funkos ah, okay. in box. Uh, kind of over. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you do. That's very tall uh but yeah so here we have the here it is championship in all of its glory 
and the ring light is there know. it is yeah. new and improved he has a lot of history in that in that championship yeah and i actually held i held the i held the blue version and then i held it when they repainted the blue version to the red version and now i'm holding the totally updated redone version yeah and everything so i've had like three iterations of the x division championship already this has been cool ace i'm so glad we finally made this happen i mean we've been talking about this since we first met in person that was september yeah. of 2019 yeah and people have been tagging it tagging it on twitter a bunch too over the years i've been waiting for it well here we are we made this thing happen i look forward to doing this in person with you but I end every interview, Ace, talking about gratitude because it's a big thing that drives my life. So I'm curious, what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Uh, I'm grateful for my career, of course. You know, I'm grateful that I've been able to do as much as I have so fast. Um, just done, uh, you know, grateful for all the people that I've, you know, met, the connections I've made. That's all kind of encompassed into one, of course. Um, Grateful for my grandmother, you know, may she rest in peace, of course. She passed her right at the beginning of the quarantine COVID period. Uh, it wasn't due to COVID or anything. It was due to prior complications. But uh, COVID quarantine is the reason I wasn't able to make it out to Pennsylvania back home to, you know, see her before she was gone. Uh, so I'm grateful for my grandmother. She's uh, pretty much the reason that I have been able to be this successful this fast. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have had the gas money. I wouldn't have had the cars that it took to get to the shows that I needed to get to. I wouldn't have had somebody to go with me when I was 17 every week to training. Mm. So I owe it all to her for sure. Uh, what else? I'm grateful for my girlfriend. She's incredibly supportive and she uh, makes my life so much easier. Uh, to, to, to deal with, with the craziness, with the schedule, you know, if there's things that I can't do, she's always right there to help. Um, and I'm grateful for the exhibition championship, of course. There. <laughs> <laughs> Man, thank you so much. I really, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, this is, uh, this is cool. I've definitely been, uh, been excited to, to do this. Ace Austin. Ladies and gentlemen, and he's only 24 years old. Actually, he just turned 24. And when you look at people like him, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Brian Pillman Jr., all these people whose ages begin with a two. I know there's lots of other ones. I just named these ones off the top of my head. But so many great young wrestlers. And I think that when you look at that, the future of pro wrestling, that's pretty bright. It's pretty bright. And I think it's just a matter of time before Ace Austin is the impact wrestling world champion snap a screenshot let us know what stood out for you the most in this episode tag me at chris van vliet tag ace he's at the underscore ace underscore austin and i'll leave you with these words from h jackson brown jr who says the best preparation for tomorrow is doing your best today be great be grateful we will see you on the next one for some more insight for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.